Shabbat Shalom, and welcome to another episode of A Christian Voice. I'd like to talk seriously today about the church. First, I feel I need to define what the church is. The church is those who have come to the Father through the only way He allows, through His only begotten Son, Yeshua, Jesus. Those who are trusting in Him alone, in His death on the cross as propitiation for their own sin, according to the Scriptures, in his resurrection from the dead on the third day, the bodily resurrection, according to the scriptures, and in that alone, not trusting to any amount or type of works in order to get, keep, or maintain their salvation. So-called messianic Christians, though if you really think a little, all Christians are messianic, are not adding to salvation or trying to earn it through works. It's not a matter of keeping laws to gain heaven, but rather a matter of pleasing the one you love by doing what makes him happy. The one who loved you enough to die for you. Doesn't he deserve you living for him? For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We find that in scripture. So that's my definition of the church. Neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, shade of your skin, no matter where you live or what language you speak in, we are one body in Christ Jesus, with him as the head. So this is who I'm talking to today. What I want to talk about is love. Really, it's the responsibility of loving one another. What does that look like? What should it look like, as opposed to what often happens? I know a sad story about a single middle-aged woman whose church has failed to protect her. I won't go into details, but when she asked for help, the response was, I'm sorry you feel that way. We'll see you when you're ready to come back. Wow, talk about a fail. Leave this poor woman to defend herself, which she can't do, or there would be no issue. And really, my question is this, should she have to? So, the issue, in a completely anonymous fashion, but stressing that this was a real situation, was put out to the body of Christ at large, outside of her congregation, asking for advice. Should she leave this church that she loved and had been a a faithful part of? Or should she stay and hope for the best? What should she do? Second fail. Three people of about a hundred responded. Three. The rest became silent. Not even crickets chirping here, folks. Just an, I see nothing and I heard nothing. There's nothing to respond to. I have no responsibility to help. I'm aching for the church body right now. I'm aching for this poor woman. Some might think, because of this, that she would give up on church, walk away from Christianity. But, praise God, she is a true believer. She's been in church long enough to realize what Jesus needed to die for, for imperfect people. She doesn't confuse the Savior with those needing saved. So that's one good, at least. But what a horrible situation to be in, to feel so very alone in what is supposed to be a family, a body in the truest sense, to feel like there is a gangrene, a cancer devouring her, and no one will acknowledge, much less treat it. Right now, she is feeling very discouraged, and her heart is weeping. 
Does not scripture tell us to weep with those who weep? My question, what is the church's responsibility? Is it to the saved or the unsaved? I would submit the only responsibility the church has to the unsaved is to present the gospel and offer the hope of salvation through Yeshua. I think the responsibility to care for, shelter, protect, meet the needs of those lacking is within the church first. That's church responsibility. Now doing all those things for the unsaved is great and fine and good, but you do not neglect your own. You care for your own first. The Bible says he who doesn't care for his own is worse than an infidel, worse than an unbeliever. So back to the issue. Some may say it's a matter of church discipline. I don't think so. I think the only thing that needed done in this situation was for any male within that congregation to take this issue seriously enough to address it rather than suppressing it because they didn't want to deal with it. They didn't want bad publicity. They didn't want to hurt the church name. What about hurting the church people? So what is a pastor's role? This pastor told this woman that she was outside of his protection, even within the physical bounds of the church building, because she was not a formal member. Can you believe that? Now, should this guy even be a pastor? If your only responsibility is to prevent, present salvation, then maybe you are not called to be a pastor. You may be called as an evangelist. I understand from her that his salvation doctrine is right on. That's good. But if you believe your duty is not to care for those under you, maybe you are not called a pastor. If you believe your duty is to disciple others in Christian growth, then maybe you're called as a teacher. But if you don't believe your duty is to care for others who sit in your congregation week after week, year after year, you are not a pastor. Am I wrong in this? Is not a pastor a shepherd? Is it not a shepherd's role to protect the sheep within that fold? Whether or not they have been officially branded. So who is to be afforded protection in the church body? When? And who is accountable to provide that protection? Where is the accountability for it all? Is it only the pastor's responsibility to provide protection? What is our responsibility toward one another as members of the body? Surely we all have some. It is not only on the pastor, though surely, without question, it is on the pastor. But do we not all bear a share of the burden? The Holy Bible tells us to bear one another's burdens. Why are we not living up to it? The church is a body, a family. A family that looks the other way while one of their own is hurting, we call dysfunctional. The family in Jesus Christ has no excuse to be dysfunctional. We have a guidebook that tells us exactly how to treat each other, how to respond to situations, how to react properly to all things. Are we not supposed to be caring for widows, orphans, the defenseless? Surely, any single woman would fall into the category of automatically worthy of defense, wouldn't she? Are we not to have love for one another? 
because an integral part of love is protection. How do we expect to present Christ to others if they cannot see him displayed in the body itself? I challenge all of you believers to step up in a godly fashion wherever you see or hear a family member in any need. A good way to begin is just to quietly take a person aside and ask, delicately, if there is any way you can assist them. Do this in your own words. Let them know that it's a standing offer they can take advantage of any time. And you know what? If you're going to say that, mean it. Now, if it's an issue that requires discretion, please speak and act accordingly. You may not wish to name whatever you observed, just to say, hey, I'm here for you in whatever way you need, whenever you may need it. And then if they open up and share the situation with you, you can walk alongside them from there. Now, pastors, I know we're in a day and age when we women insist on our ability to care for ourselves. But the truth is, every human being occasionally has situations they cannot handle themselves. Men are also in need of protection sometimes, so please don't be afraid to offer it to women. I personally know the woman I speak of. Most people see her as a strong, capable, and definitely independent woman. I'm sure she sees herself that way. Yet she recognized her need for help and cried out for it. Please, don't fail others, as she was failed. I challenge you, whatever role you play in the body of Christ, to diligently search God's word and find out how we're supposed to love and care for each other. Then apply it to your own life. Live it. Believe me when I tell you, this challenge is for myself as well. This situation has made me really examine my own life, my own failures to love other Christians, to uphold them, to walk alongside of them as I ought to have. As always, I welcome your comments, your feedback on this one. Now, if you are outside of the family of God, because you have never believed in Yeshua's gift of sacrifice for your sin, why not change that today? Sure, we're imperfect family, but you know what? Come along and join us. Improve us just by your being there. Jesus offered himself a blood sacrifice in perfect purity, according to the scriptures. A perfect spotless lamb. We are told in the book called Hebrews, in the Holy Bible, chapter 9 and verse 22, that without the shedding of blood there is no remission. There is no way to get rid of that sin stain, that burden, except by the blood atonement. The way to get that atonement for yourself is to repent of your sin, just your heart to God's heart. Believe in what Jesus did for you in dying on that cross and coming to life again and receive that truth into your heart and life. Then live it. Go out and share with others what Jesus did for you and share how he can do it for them also. Yeshua Adonai, Jonah 2.9 Thanks for listening. Copyright 2015, A Christian.